0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. You know what? First off, happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy holiday. <laughs> Post-Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, it's the start of the holiday season, so we'll get that out of the way. But thank you all for tuning in to a new episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Dino Ray Ramos.
1: And I'm Amanda Nduca. And for, for one of our last podcasts for the year, mm. who do we have, Dino?
0: We have mr harry shum jr from the upcoming movie all my life and you may know him as the other asian from glee
1: (laughs) yes um also shadow hunters he's been in the he was in the crouching tiger hidden dragons uh the sequel the netflix sequel now he's starting this film called all my life you guys a (laughs) tearjerker it is a tearjerker if you can't tell from the title um Mm So basically, it's a, it's about this basically a young couple, you know, that d- they d- have to deal with 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 an illness, a sickness, uh, cancer uh, during their early stages of the relationship. It's really it's really touching. Um, like I said, it's a tearjerker. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really a, good holiday yeah. film.
0: Yeah, it, it was based on, a, I think, I believe it's an article about right. Solomon Chow and Jennifer Carter and how their friends got together and he had only months to live and they yeah. pushed and their I wedding up. Yeah, it went up.
1: viral. They had like a- they Yeah, it, like it went
0: viral. viral. It was like a GoFundMe or something. Yeah, GoFundMe. Um, yeah. And it just went viral. So this movie follows that journey. Um, and if you like movies like, you know, Fault in Their Stars or, yeah. or Walk to Remember or yeah, things of that- yeah yeah what would we, we call those like romantic drama yeah, sadness so. tragedies <laughs>
1: that's
0: really wrong
1: yeah no but it's it's, a, it's like i said it's a really good it's a really nice nice film um harry was great i oh yeah got, Harry's yeah terrific he's mm. also going to be in the crazy rich asians uh sequel
0: which, which he told us all about no right, he didn't he told
1: us all about <laughs> well, <laughs> we got everything from him So uh,
0: listen to the episode if you want to know what's in store.
1: But we're very excited. Um, Movies out December 4th. Without further ado, here is Harry. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, friends.
2: Yes, thank you.
1: And congrats on the film um but before we get to uh we get to talking about the film, we wanted to ask you we'd like to talk about the like sort of uh people's beginnings when they come on the show i we, I feel like everybody has an interesting story about how they they sort of landed in hollywood um so so you you're you're uh first generation correct your parents immigrated here from yes. Sometimes. So how was that? Like, how was, how was it growing up? Was, was sort of the art something that was encouraged? Like, how did you, how did you sort of find your love for performing?
2: Uh, Yeah, it took a while, you know, I came here from Costa Rica and it was just a new land, new, new country. You know, I, I grew up watching Knight Rider as a kid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't know what else, like, I'm just trying to think, like it was very limited on what we were able to watch in Costa Rica. And, you know, there's, um, you know, novellas and, and stuff like that, soap <laughs> operas. But outside of that, I didn't really have much exposure. So even movie theaters were. I'm I'm talking. I'm, I'm making it sound like Costa Rica is like someplace that doesn't. It, it <laughs> exist. They <laughs> have theaters. They have that, but it just wasn't a thing that you wasn't a normal thing that you went to. Like you didn't. You know, in in America or, or in other countries, you watch movies on a weekly basis. Right. And, um. So for me, when I moved here, it was. I didn't. My minds were not set on the arts. It was strictly about how do I make friends? How do I understand what my teacher is saying? I would, I just remember vividly this moment where I think I was in third, second grade and the teacher called my dad to come down to class and said like, your son is not doing his homework. And I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, and, and, and he's my dad barely. He's like, you know, he was new to English, so like, he didn't understand. He's like, well, oh, he's not. Is he? Is it bad? Is it a bad thing? And he's like, yeah, it's a very bad thing. And I, I remember like looking up, and then they would. I was like, yeah, I totally did my homework, and then they pulled out all the homework inside my backpack. So I was busted. But to my point, I just did not understand what the teacher was saying. I didn't know what was going on. So, I mean, for that, it took me a long time to, to understand the, 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 the value of like the arts and expressing yourself through that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't really until uh, middle school where I joined the drama class as an elective that really got me into Mm -hmm. uh, plays and, and just kind of, uh, being exposed to that, along with this thing called Odyssey of the Mind. I don't know if you've you heard of that.
0: Yes, I know of Odyssey <laughs> yeah. of the Mind.
2: <laughs> I did two years of that, and that just opened my eyes, man. Like, ah. solving problems while doing theater, It was like, why not? Let's do the two and two, which is a big part of what the industry is, really, right now, it's yeah. just really solving problems. Right.
0: Yeah, Odyssey, wow, Odyssey of the Mind. I remember, I mean, I don't think I was cool enough to be in that group, but I just remember all the kids that I knew, they were some of my friends, and I was all, what is that all about? It seemed like a very exclusive club.
1: <laughs> is that like a, is, that's a game?
2: It's a, uh, so Odyssey of the Mind is, it's it's this, um, I don't even know what you would call it. It's this competition that has, ha- that happens throughout the world. really. Mm. And- and what it is, they give you a problem to solve. Ours was um, something that we use every day, and find a creative story behind how that thing was invented. So ours was Q-tip. So we, uh, we had this like Q-tip where it was made out of the clouds, and like we had to trudge up this mountain and defeat a whole bunch of people to get a little bit of the clouds, and then everyone was deaf in the town, and it was just like a fun, creative way to solve uh, a problem or or to uh, to showcase. Uh, um, something that has already existed and it, it was just a really fun way to to kind of just be involved in and we got to, we made it to like world at one point and we got to like um, I the world competition I guess I think we came in like I don't know we didn't even place but we made it then. so oh. I'm really happy about that
1: Oh. Ooh, well, I hope I'm not cool for not knowing what that is. <laughs> no, I think it was like or
2: you was might be like, cool for not knowing okay. what that is.
0: It was like for a bunch of it's like creative thinking and critical okay. thinking, from what I remember. I just was like you're explaining oh, it way things
2: better things than I am. I, I'm like, <laughs> Can I join? Cool.
0: I
1: have no
2: friends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, what is your What is your earliest memory of like performing in front of an, uh, an audience? Like, what, what do you remember the feeling being like?
2: I remember my first time performing in front of an audience. I was in drama uh, class in seventh grade. Was it seventh grade or eighth grade? Uh, one of the two. And I remember that I, we, they chose, like, three people to do an improv in front of the whole assembly. And, you know, when you're in front of an assembly, in front of, like, hundreds of kids, we had, like, I think about, like, two, three hundred kids. So it was a big deal. And they chose me to do this thing that I've never done before. And it was just messing around. Like, I pretended to be a cheerleader that didn't know what, what was, <laughs> was auditioning for, for to be a cheerleader. And I, it was so ridiculous, but people found it funny. I just never thought of myself as being funny or, or, or even being the center of attention. It was, I was very shy as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that moment, I remember just getting laughs and then that adrenaline and, and uh, feeling that, that, just like the dop- and dopamine like hit, like you just wanted more. You're like, oh, this feels good. Mm. It also felt good to just be outside my body, and it wasn't like me ex- expressing myself really. It was just like outside of my body, and I get to do these ridiculous things, and that was when I, I felt I was like hooked in some way, shape, or form. I just wanted to perform in front of in front of a crowd.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I know you, you were you're known for dancing, obviously, and then you uh, you're known for Glee, and you're also part of LXD, and then you went on to star in Shadowhunters. Couching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the, 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 that, that sequel, White Frog, and of course, Crazy Rich Asians, and now All My Life. Um, but, you know, I, I, I remember you from dancing, and yeah. then, then you went into acting, but were you re- wanting to go into acting? Was dancing always first? What was that transition like? Like, how did you navigate your choices in, ter- in terms of like, oh, do I want to be a dancer, an actor, or do both? Or like, how did you, I guess, decide or... How did you just even like come across acting and using act uh, dancing as a leverage into acting and vice versa and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah, it's uh I, my my only aspirations getting out of high school was to uh was was to not go to college because my parents were like go to college and I'm like I I don't know what I want to do with my life like that was really hard I was just like I don't know what I want to do but that was the only uh, I guess uh only option in in a lot of ways so I did go for a couple of months and then realized like I I don't know if I could do this and and I made that leap to go to LA and you know dancing was that transitioning of going dancing to acting I, I I don't want to leave out because i did that for seven years as professional mm. dancer and i've had some wonderful wonderful years doing that and it was actually really hard to leave because when you start getting comfortable in what you do and you, mm. you get good at it and you start to know a lot of people it just it became something that was like oh i'd get a call and be like hey you want to go tour with blah 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 Dance and, for
1: beyonce you know, right you, yeah yeah that you was
2: face? my first tour Oh, my second tour uh, yeah. my second tour was with beyonce and that I mean, okay that was, that was crazy <laughs> hey, <laughs> I don't even know, don't even real like how that happened is insane. Just, I I got a call because it was replacing someone. I was replacing someone a week before the tour left. And this was Beyonce's first tour. So I knew her about, you know, I remember going to, um, uh, 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 was it Summer Jam, K-M-E-L? Yeah, who- <laughs> yes, and Summer Jam. I'm like, watching Destiny's Child, I'm like, oh yes. my gosh, like, yo, look at these dancers, and Genuine would come out. Yes. And- okay,
0: Genuine. <laughs> Hell yeah, man.
2: No, he was like, at one point, he was literally like someone I was like, I yes. just want to be Genuine. I just want to dance with Genuine. I want genuine. And like,
0: Ever
1: everybody wanted to copy his style, man. Oh, really? yes.
0: Everyone did. Everyone yes.
2: did, everyone <laughs> did. He was amazing,
1: much props to Genuine. Pony, also. <laughs> yeah,
2: classic, that song. <laughs> <laughs> um no, and then you know, you know, as a kid you're watching like, oh Destiny Show, wouldn't it be so cool to be on that stage? And you know, I was on and then I got on tour, not just like with Beyonce, it was it was called the Ladies First Tour, and it was yeah. with uh, Missy Elliott, Mia, and Lisa. Oh my god, yes, yeah, I yeah. remember that tour. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Beyonce's like first like solo tour oh, yeah. coming out. Um but it it's funny because I learned so much about myself and realizing like how I didn't want to live in a suitcase mm. like, and that 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 wrote that um lifestyle is really difficult you know there's no like stability there's you hopping around which is really wonderful while you're doing it and then next thing you know you're like oh I don't really have like a place to, to mm-hmm. stay which is you know I I and then I started to get into different realms of i guess the dance business you know i started doing more tv i did like boston public i wasn't a jazz dancer at all and then i had to learn how to just learn any technical moves while i was on the job so that became a thing i had to learn really quickly on learning learning on the job and then i i got to do these really cool like ipod commercials Mm. um and then i i was on i was like I was the only male dancer on BET's Comic View. Go <laughs> yeah.
1: Comic View. I comic loved view.
0: Comic View. <laughs> I would watch Comic View and then, um, the, then the uh, what was the The, the after
1: dark or uncut? Yeah, yeah after
2: <laughs> dark. shit. <laughs> that's what my like, mom was like, nope "Uncut, me. yes, <laughs> uncut." <laughs> Those are
1: the days. Guys. No, but
2: that audition was crazy. It was just like I look at it. That's why I kind of look at uh, my whole career as like just. You know, just put your head down, keep working hard, and then Mm -hmm. things will start popping up. And you know, even BET, I had a wonderful experience on that because you know I got to meet a whole bunch of comedians, learn about comedy, learn about like building story through through telling. You know, jokes and and but I was like, also it was so odd because I was like, am I like the only? I'm the only Asian guy. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're like. And just like, yeah, we I mean, we want you in cornrows, and I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> you just, just, I'm just, I was like, just going along. Go
1: with and it, I,
2: yeah. Basis, and I get right, exactly. Like, girls, but, um. Anyways, I don't know where we went on that tangent. No, I think it was my dance career.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah your dance career and how it kind of fed into acting you know and you know speaking of you know you were saying you were the only asian dude you know on glee there was this like joke that everyone started saying when you were referred to as the other asian it was funny but it also was this interesting commentary on asian representation at the time and even now um so like being on glee and kind of playing that role and then how your role got even bigger and bigger throughout the seasons what did you learn from, you know, that role at that moment in terms of representation and how did it, how did you make, you know, how did you approach your roles after Glee, especially mm-hmm. with like playing someone queer on Shadowhunters and, yeah. and, and, and just, just representation in general. How did you, you know, how did Glee kind of. Uh, uh, what can I say? Sculpt your image of representation in Hollywood.
2: Yeah yes that is that's a great question. I think what I've learned from that experience and and you know I, I actually feel very fortunate to have gone through that experience of you know having something so like brilliant and wonderful but on the other end you're like oh but I have to do that. I have to say yeah. that and that is always a hard pill to swallow when when you know when you're in this industry that you're very limited on your choices, and and you know and and I look back at it, Glee with 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 very fond memories. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I remember feeling like you you know that feeling of just that lump in your throat. You're like I I this I don't know how to deal with this at that mm-hmm. age. And coming out of it now, I I deal with it in a very different way, in a manner of first historically knowing my the history of why. this has gone down that path for so long, specifically in Hollywood, and also having the right conversations and knowing how to have those conversations. And when you aren't allowed to have those conversations, what you do after that. So I think it's just learning how to communicate with people. Cause I think once what I've learned, once you do communicate, uh, that to whether the higher ups, most of the time, I'm not saying all the time, most of the time it's taken, um, it's taken well, and usually there's a remedy and there's a solution that, like, you know, like Odyssey the mind. We gotta find, we gotta <laughs> find the problem. But, um, and you know, coming on, I now my what I want to do is to make sure that actors, even who have done it for a while or who who are just starting out, don't have to deal with that. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: I think it's also important for them to know that it, it existed and the struggle that because I look back at previous even that had it even worse you know you even look at someone like bruce lee who literally was otherized yeah mm. literally just throughout his whole career and you know there is this commentary about it told through jokes but it's also at what point does it become uh, much and like we get the point it's like you're not teaching us anything new like we yeah. kind of know that already right yeah yeah um so but but I I don't think I'd be in this mindset if if I didn't go through that because now I I am able to have more conversations and also choosing uh, the right roles and not just the, for me but also the people around me the other cast and watching out for them and watching out for the people behind the the camera um, is is important for me so I, I want to make sure to be able to at least have a,
1: a, a place in the table to have that conversation. Mm. Great point um so let's talk about all my life which is a oh my gosh very sad (laughs) story um it's it's a great movie but it's it's definitely one of those stories that it's gonna pull on your on your heartstrings a little bit Um, um so it's about this young couple without giving too much away it's about this young couple who basically go through are going through a very hard a hard tragedy sort of during their early stages of, of their relationship. Um, like I said, it's something that I know a lot of people could, could relate to, especially now dealing with tragedy, dealing with, with loss and everything. Mm. Um, so let me, how familiar, familiar were you with um, the story of Solomon, Jessica? I'm sorry, Jennifer. Um, Jessica is, is the actress, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jennifer, uh, before you signed on to this project and what about it that made you want to, to do it?
2: I, 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 you know, I think like everyone else or not everyone, but a lot of people saw the viral video, you know, Mm. uh, uh, during that time when, when, uh, you know, the couple was going through what they're going through and, and, you know, it made headlines and and it was, the focus was also the generosity of strangers, you know, um, donating to to their wedding. And then you saw, uh, you saw a glimpse of the the beauty of, of their relationship, but you didn't know as much, you know, and. And then the script came and I thought Todd Rosenberg just wrote a beautiful script. And I I loved the way he flipped it. It wasn't just a cancer story. It was about these two people who over, who chose to uh, um, make moments and make memories (laughs) and something that'll last uh, a a lifetime. And I thought the way that that, uh, certain aspects of uh, the story were being told, was really, really fascinating to me. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I think a movie like this, what's really important is, you know, making sure whoever's playing it has chemistry, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because that that is, I think, the foundation of it. And also with Saul's message um, that I didn't find out until a little later uh, going into it, because we're just, you know, we're focused on characters and everything, but the message really Mm -hmm. is is of hope and his positivity that he had throughout this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but finally, Mm able to uh i did a screen um a chemistry test with jessica and uh right off that first deep scene that we had to do a really dramatic and emotional scene right upon two minutes of meeting each other we had to dive right into it when i i i'm telling you i felt that this was at that moment i was like i have to do this film like before yeah. i was like this is great i have to pursue it but that moment i was like i have to do this and i'm gonna go kicking and screaming if 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 this happened <laughs> because just jessica was just such a she's such a brilliant actress mm-hmm. and i felt we clicked and we were the ones to tell the story and i'm just so happy that that it came out that way and and we get to service this story mm-hmm. and, and be a vessel for for uh uh jen's and and Sol's, um really really beautiful relationship
1: yeah mm-hmm. very beautiful um and for for you and i always wonder this about about people who play still alive or you know play people that are based on um um, on on real people uh real life stories what kind of responsibility do you sort of shoulder whenever you when you whenever you portray these types of characters i mean uh, jessica i mean uh, jessica (laughs) jennifer jennifer um is obviously very much alive and she was part of this uh the the making of this film correct
2: Mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah so what sort of responsibility do you do you guys shoulder what challenges do you also face when you're portraying you know somebody some a real life story like this
2: yeah it's i think it's always just it's a case-by-case case, you know mm-hmm. situation there's there's some that are biographies and you know you're playing you're them to the t you're trying to get their mannerisms and and you know you're maybe trying to tell their whole life within a two-hour period mm-hmm. um i think this one was a little different i think uh, jennifer understood that uh mm-hmm. going into it you know she's intimate moments that are that she has to she, or not half but she was so open to sharing and yeah. she was so brave to be able to tell us that that we didn't have to be beholden to trying to play them and trying mm-hmm. to feed them mm-hmm. so what her the importance of this was to cross knowing how powerful um love is really and 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 even through tragedy and then through in the face of something like uh, a, a disease like this that, that, that does take away um, uh, so many lives, you know, what, how you look at life and how you look at each other and how you look at love is, is the importance of this. So that was her, 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 her wish, I guess, for, for making sure that however we play it, she gave us a lot of freedom in that sense. So it allowed me and Jess to just be really, really present with each other um we're on set along with with mark our our brilliant director and i'll have to say that someone like for me the responsibility is just whatever the wishes are of of whoever wants to you know whoever you're playing you know i think that that is that is the most important part and and you know we could have gone down that other other route but it just it would have felt like we were doing too much, you know, yeah. to me it was about mm. this the slice of life that was most important. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you you basically answered the next questions about how involved Jennifer was in, in the film and even uh, like uh, other uh, Solomon's friends, loved ones. Um, it, it sounds like Jennifer was pretty like very much had a hand in telling of this story and it it, it is, Cause like there's always the whole thing of like adaptations of real life stories where how much creative license do actors and, Mm -hmm. and, and filmmakers take. Um, But with, with, with all my life, you know, what, like, what did you walk away after you were finished and everything? How, what did you walk away? uh, What did you learn about yourself as an actor and just as, you know, uh, 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 um, about your relationship with, you know, your loved ones and, and um and all that good stuff. Did you yeah. did you cry a lot?
1: <laughs> yeah. Add to that, like what did you learn about dealing with loss? Cause I think that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part, I think that right anyway.
0: now me think yeah. we, I think it's so interesting. It's like, you know, one of my friends recently lost their mom and I I I'm like so awkward when it comes to death. You know, no there but there in the end of the day there really isn't the right way yeah. but you know it's it's so I I think it's it makes me feel uncomfortable and weird um because you don't know what to say but yeah that I mean I like what Amanda yeah. asked about how do you deal with loss
2: yeah there was there was uh there was a moment um in the movie uh a scene in the movie that I just I you know I broke down not realizing why I I I think it was I think just also how anyone deals with that, sometimes they deal with it. If they hear the news of something happening, You know, they might not react the way mm. that I guess, movies have, have yeah. said that you should, you know? Yeah. Or society society tells you that, you know, if you hear bad news, you should cry. Like, that's like, I, and, and I think it's just a culmination of, of things that I've learned, the things that I've felt, just kind of just rained down on, on that moment. And I the, the biggest takeaway for me was this, and I, I think part of it was just empathy. I was like, I just felt so bad on how a person was feeling, specifically on someone like Saul, who was very selfless, and he was thinking about other people, mm-hmm. even when he was dealing with all this, when you could easily go down the road of like, woe is me, right? Yeah, and he-, he was constantly thinking about uh, um, Jen, constantly thing about his, his his friends and and, and what he's going to leave behind. But also, you know, it, I look at that, our relationship with with life and our relationship with death. Those are two things. In, in some ways, it's kind of our parents. And mm-hmm. in, in not like, not physically our parents, but life and death. They're like, yeah. they're what make us, right? That allows mm-hmm. us to do things in ways that will hopefully seize the opportunity or seize the day. And then also have, you know refrain of like yeah i don't want to do that because that's gonna that's gonna kill me you know i mean like so Mm -hmm. you have that relationship that's going back and forth and i think it's just getting in touch with it um which will allow you to have these um create these moments that at least will you can leave behind and and so you can feel okay if you go you know at any point and Mm -hmm. i think that's really what the movie kind of talks about and, and what it has taught me and, and really that, that transfer of power that had happened from yeah. playing the character to now is it's definitely left the uh, left the mark on me. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, the movie definitely taught, you know, really, really showcased the power of love. And I think that was sort of my biggest takeaway is, is how love can definitely help you get through mm. the hardest, you know, the the hardest things and hopefully that's, I mean, that's kind of what we need more of in, in our in our world, right? Yeah. now. So. <laughs> so. And also, it's like I,
0: I love what you said about Saul and how selfless, selfless he was. Yeah. It's like people like that are so hard to come by. It's and so me, jokingly, I was just like turning to my friends and be all, so if that was like me, would you do the same thing? That kind <laughs> of like, <laughs> and they be all, yeah, sure. Right.
1: I think we all hope so. I think we all hope yeah. we, we have a a, a Jennifer. Or or like just
0: a good support system of like friends who were like all, they didn't have to do any
1: of that. And they
0: did. And it's just like, it's like, you know, Part of uh, there there are part of you know, people who will be all oh that's just corny and cheesy, but it was like, Oh, but it's also something we all strive for or we yes. like, aspire to have people who care about us like this. Right. You know, right. if it's cheesy, then call me cheesy, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Hair. Like that whole cheesy thing is like if it makes you happy, like what exactly yeah. it, mm, it makes my heart smile. Yeah, I'm like, if it makes my heart smile, it's it's fine, you know. <laughs> all about you know, cheese. Like, you know, cheese is
2: good, whether you have alternative cheese, whatever,
1: right. whatever you cheese in me. like metaphorically good right <laughs> i love
0: me cheese metaphorically and actual cheese and actually, so
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so all my life uh it's going to be out december 4th um, it's yeah. out in the, It's actually out in the UK already. Um, mm-hmm. But so, other than that, uh, Harry, what do you have um, that you, uh, that you have coming up next that you can talk to us about? More specifically, what can you talk us about, Crazy Asians, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians? Crazy Rich Asians.
2: <laughs>
0: what? Can you just tell us everything that happened? Everything?
2: <laughs> okay, the times that I've been asked that, if I get paid a do- if I got paid a dollar, I would be able to fund the whole project myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so no, you, you, just, you should just tell us. About-
1: <laughs> you had the most talked about one of the most talked about moments from the from the first film. So yeah. <laughs> look, I'm
2: just, look, I'm just I I am like I was taken aback by by okay, first of all I'll say even filming and going on 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 set was just a a really out of world experience and I've never felt that throughout my whole career. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot. I just I've never felt that that it was just like it was weird, it was like this unity, but it was but it also was about like just kind of fanboying from across mm-hmm. like, it, <laughs> you know, just because you see, you see so much talent. It wasn't about like, Oh, how big of a celebrity because you know, people are relatively, they were doing great things, but they weren't, they didn't have yeah, uh, yeah. A star meter or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. You know? So, and, and it was just seeing that like in in your, in front of your eyes, you're like, wow, this is going to take off. And when it did, you know, I wanted to do my part and and using my platform and try and just get as many people's eyeballs on it. And the fact that it didn't really even need my help, <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, people just loved it because it, yeah. it was awesome and it, it was, was great. A great
1: film, yeah, so like, yeah, and like that, that
2: could to be part of it. To be honest with you, man.
0: But that that mid credit scene where Astrid looks over to you, everyone's all okay. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the people. Are, People are, there was this, like, very... <laughs> all it takes is one look. All it takes is one look. Someone posted something on Twitter, and they were they posted kind of stills from that moment. <laughs> this is very inappropriate, but they they just posted the caption. And there's, like, all, y'all fuck yet?
1: we will find out
2: in the sequel.
1: Are you guys filming, have you filmed the sequel already?
2: no no, yeah.
1: no no okay okay it's I, just I
2: like know. in development
0: right. or it's in process yeah yeah it, it's in they development
1: get pushed, yeah they get they're trying
2: back. to get it right they're trying to get okay. it right they're trying to okay. I think with John John Chu and, and, and Color Force and they're they're and Panati John Panati they're they're they just want to not just do it for the sake of doing mm. a Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's unfortunately for for people who want to see it really badly it takes time you know it just mm-hmm. it'll take some time but uh, I, I think once you, if you talk to like John in the future, you know, just give him, give him the nudge. He's the one. To- <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will, we we'll we'll will, Yeah. will.
1: Yeah. Um, is there something that you haven't done in your career right now that you're sort of itching to tackle?
2: Uh, yeah. A- <laughs> um, oh yeah, this is a podcast, I can't see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's at this state, you know, I, Talking about like the previous things, like knowing the things that I've done in my career, you know i'm just I'm just excited to be able to really play characters that don't have to don't have to be apologetic, don't have to always find a way to 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 get around like saying something i don't know just like you know you you look at characters, and what I'm happy about specifically this one is it's just a love story. You know, it's not about them. And and as important as it is, like I have some stuff coming up that, you know, that's in development that is more historical and that the deal tackles a um, little more of, of a period, period piece that that has to deal with a lot of things that, you know, I, I think we are all talking about right now, which is important, but I think it's just playing the field of, of, of just playing interesting characters and, and, and being able to play those interesting characters in a three dimensional space. Um, yeah. Which hasn't been afforded to a lot of people that that look like me in, in mm-hmm. Hollywood. So I, I want to continue that and then also open up opportunities for other actors mm-hmm. to have that as well. We love and you just that. finished shooting something, didn't you? With a yeah. friend of the
0: podcast Jimmy O Yang. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, <laughs> O Yang, <to> <laughs>
2: brilliant. By the way, I think people are going to see him in a different light, which I'm really excited about. And uh, and and even talking like someone like James Saito, you know, who, who's Who's in, in the movie and has been killing it lately? It's mm. you know, and, and then to realize like you were Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that blew my mind. Right. But, you know, I, I, it's yeah, it's it's a really really fun project, especially shooting during COVID. Which you know, mm. I, uh, big ups to our producers to just make it oh, such a safe environment. But uh, uh, yeah, with Jimmy, Jimmy, I, I, he's he's brilliant, man. I, I was I was so I was so excited to work with him again.
0: Wait, what was, what was, what's the, the project? It's Uh,
2: called Love Hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it is. Love Hard for, for Netflix. And Nina Dobrev is, is uh, opposite. Yes. Yes.
1: It's great, (laughs) Kat. It's going to be funny. Okay. So we like to wrap up um, the podcast discussion with this section segment we call the facts or the FAQs. Just, just random fun questions. So the first question is: Besides all my life, what is a romantic drama that you that will make you cry no matter how many times you watch it? God oh, damn it! About time.
2: <laughs> about time. That father-son story just kills. Oh you. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Oh, you thought I was saying about time? You're right. Yeah, I was like, you. okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's really strange that you wanted to ask. <laughs>
0: Uh, you You're know, like no, about it. time someone asked
1: me this question. <laughs> you, you know a movie I, I for some reason I always cry in, and I don't know why. But the, have you you guys have y'all seen The Champ? It's an old movie.
0: No, like, you you've mentioned this before a, on, yeah, on the it's podcast. For, yeah,
1: you know Ricky Schroeder. We can talk. Yeah, into this we out,
0: we will. <laughs> <you know>, that's <laughs> something else.
1: Yeah, the Champ. Yeah, it was him, and I can't remember who played the dad. It's it's, it's, it's like from the seventies or eighties. Like I'm from gonna the say. it was it was a I think it was originally. 50s and they they like redid it in maybe the 60s or the 70s, but mm-hmm. it was him and you know his dad is like a, he comes back to try to like reclaim his title as a boxer and obviously he's older now and he has like all these different issues and I mean a spoiler alert Wait, who, like, plays he, who plays it? who plays who it? It's Ricky Schroeder. It's Ricky Schroeder plays the young oh, Ricky Schroeder. Okay, yeah, plays a young kid and his dad. I can't remember who who played his dad in it, but I'm,
0: I'm but, looking it, it up. You, yeah, you keep it's, talking.
1: It's, <laughs> Just the, the scene. I mean, like I said, it's it, we can spoil it on here because this movie has been out for yeah. There's, <laughs> it's been 1979, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So he his dad like ends up like dying after a fight, and like you know he, he's like his dad's biggest. Biggest uh, fan, and so he like sees his dad cry, uh, dying at the end, and you know he gets really emotional. And for some reason, that scene always right. gets to me. I've seen that movie so many times. I think that's the first time my dad has actually cried in a movie was that movie.
0: Oh man, but John Voight was the, John name Voight, of the that that was
1: that dad. But yeah. I think it's <laughs> when these actors, when the actors just <laughs> are
2: just there. Like I, the ones, the one scene that always gets me, no matter where I'm at, is uh will smith and uncle phil uncle phil was like my yeah. oh my dad. god that scene did you watch the reunion and i've watched that scene a million times and then they played it again and i cried like yeah, that i re- did too because that just- reunion
0: when when they did the whole uh, oh, uh tribute thanks to james thanks. avery yeah. i god. was just like
1: i texted dina i was like oh my gosh <laughs> wrecked like i cannot That's believe right. i
0: was that was like one of the best and then the end,
1: I have ever seen. I, I
0: never
2: realized how how I mean I, I understand how huge Fresh Prince was and No me too yeah how, how how much of an impact but I never yeah. until watching I was like oh my god it really was part right. of my childhood and I learned so much from, right. from it and it yeah, made they, me laugh like yeah. they, they just, tackled it, they
0: tackled issues without us knowing
2: they were yes, tackling yes, issues right, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, the brilliance yeah. of that show yeah, yeah yeah um
0: okay so what would your wife say is the most romantic thing you have ever done for her if we
2: would ask her right now <laughs> uh that is a good question what is this? it it's like answering for her that's right really like well i think this is the most romantic thing she's I've like, ever no. done and she's all no and she's like no, she's like, no. she's like uh you know, I think it's those little things. I'm not a big grand gesture. Like, I mean, I proposed on, on like, like a beach in Hawaii and stuff like that. We had a great wedding. But I think it's a, literally, I think it's just me cooking. If I cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that is yeah. like, that is. it's like breakfast. You're like, okay, fine. And then lunch, yeah. you're like, Oh, there's something sweet happening here. And then dinner at the same time. And also getting a foot massage, like that that whole combination right there. Okay. I, I feel like it is romantic. Maybe yeah. I'm really wrong she's just like, I don't know, maybe when I leave the house. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It's not laughs>
0: she's, like, she's like, oh, the romantic thing is when Harry
2: leaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got my house to myself.
1: A lot of people do like that, though. <laughs> um,
2: okay. It's very romantic, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. OK, what's the last thing you binge watched?
2: I binge watch uh, Watchmen. That was oh, a good, good one. one. That was
1: great. That was a good yeah, one.
2: That was, it was screaming at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> great
0: one. Good. Um. So what is something that is really popular now, but in five years, everyone will look back and be embarrassed by? <laughs> Your opinion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My opinion. That is it's weird because I I feel like I've been dressing the same for the past five years, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I don't I'm and I'm I'm that guy that doesn't realize that I'm dressing like a like a fad like a like a trend <laughs> that's gone away. Yeah. Um, is it is it is it like like not skinny jeans but like tapered jeans? Is that's that is that? Is that yeah, be- like
0: where it's kind of it's kind of tapered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, I I'm like, big
2: ass, big ass pants. And I'm like, yeah, oh, is that, I, I didn't
0: know? Is that yeah, it's, it's weird because of how like fashion trends cycle and, 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 and all that. Uh, and especially in COVID and this pandemic, I don't know what's happening with fashion. Yeah. I'm not going out. <laughs>
2: suits and corduroys are coming back, if you didn't know. There
0: you go. That's good. We're going to be embarrassed by that in five
1: years. (laughs) Shoulder pads are coming back too. I used to make fun of my mom for her shoulder. Now I just bought this really cute shoulder pads. pads. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I bought jumpsuits recently and I I just think that. that.
2: I mess with jumpsuits.
1: Yeah.
0: I I mean, I just think that that's how like Instagram. I've been buying a lot of shit off Instagram lately (laughs) because they get me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're their target. Okay would you rather the general public think you are a horrible person but your family is very proud of you or your family thinks you're a horrible person <laughs> but the general public is very proud of you <laughs> that's good that's a what hard.
2: a predicament right <laughs> yeah you know i okay i'll go with this i if the public thinks you're a horrible person but your family I don't know. If you if you go that route, then your family might just be placating to to what your feelings are and and, and, and driving you to think that you are a good person when the public <laughs> is right. Or it could be the opposite where um, where your family thinks oh. you're a terrible person and the public actually sees all the good things that you've done. And your family is hung up on something that they shouldn't be hung up on. I don't know. I'm I'm looking yeah. way too deep. <laughs> oh, you're. See, you're like
1: breaking it down for us. Okay. Yeah. This
0: is the Odyssey of the mind coming the out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that one's a hard one, though. Yeah, I don't know about, that's that. one. I think, know about that. I don't know about
2: that I don't know if I can. Answer I think
0: that. I would just have to. I would have to just say the horrible. Uh, the 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 public will have to think I'm horrible because my yeah. family will be around forever.
1: And yeah, it's true. It's
0: unless true. you really hate your family, then it's probably like,
1: unless <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <that's, laughs> your family is very horrible too. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. See, see, <laughs> when you when you throw those in there, you'll be like. Huh. <laughs> yeah. See, this is we're
0: we're starting our own Odyssey of the Mind, yes. the Hollywood branch
2: <laughs> with Harry That's as the president. A terrible idea. I would watch that. You get like a whole bunch of really really great actors to try and call.
1: Movie. Yeah. Okay, God. Okay, let's do it. Let's right?
2: <laughs> do it. Deadline. Hollywood, Deadline.
1: You know. <laughs> we're
0: gonna break that right after we get off this call. <laughs> Okay, um, so our last question is, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator, that is not necessarily in the mainstream uh, that you think deserves more shine and recognition by Hollywood?
2: Uh, yes, I think there's two. Actually, there's three. That yeah, name list them up. off. Um, One is... Uh, Jackie Jackie Chung, she is a, a really really brilliant actress. Um, yeah. she, she's been doing a lot of plays in New York. Uh, she's mm. a she's a Korean American actress, and she, I remember watching a play, and I just was blown away. And you know, sometimes I think with, you know, with, with Hollywood, you you have the goods, and then you know you you have a hard time even putting your foot in, uh, mm-hmm. your foot into the door. Um, so I want to give a big shout out to her, check out her, her, her work. Um, and her husband is an actor uh, too. And, and they're just a great duo and, and giving, uh, I'd love to give some shine to them. And also uh, Hugh Ho, H-I-E-U. Yes. He's yeah. a producer, producer friend of mine. He has a production company with uh, Randall Park and Michael yeah. Um They're, they're developing some really, really great projects. And uh, I think, um, what he's doing is m- making more Asian-centric stories. Uh doesn't have to be surrounded by Asian, but just at least there's a, there's thematically, there's there's um, something to do with the uh, Asian American experience. And uh, mm. uh wanted to give him a shout out. And also my wife, she is yeah. Shelby Rabara. Shelby yes. Shutt, whatever you want to yes. call her, but she is, um, brilliant voice actress but also people don't know she's a brilliant actress as well and yes. you know, we come up from the same kind of world as far as dance goes and Ooh. and uh you know especially now being a mother and, and and trying to still do this i think is to me i look at it it's 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 i have a hard time myself and to imagine having to breastfeed and do all that and yeah. put on something on tape is, is something that is, and she also was on Goliath and she was our, our daughter, she was uh, nine months pregnant on yeah. Goliath playing a lawyer and killing it. Well, and, and, <laughs> you know, and just, if you go back and watch it, that's really her bit. That's really my daughter, insider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <daughter made>
2: her- <laughs> I'm like, okay, she give credit too. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say, yeah, daughter your daughter, daughter needs to- a sad card. Yeah,
2: now, yeah, we yeah. daughter- <laughs> get a little extra pay for that because you know, <laughs> she was kicking and yeah. she was telling you where to go. Uh, yeah. No but um yeah so a, a big shout out to to mothers out there that are yes. that are they're killing it out there and, and especially in this industry
1: it's very, right. very hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. shout out to all of them. Well us. Harry
0: that was the most romantic thing you did for your wife. <laughs> that was <the> most Congratulations. <laughs> 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 Congrats. Thank, thank you so much for, for
1: yeah, doing that. Yeah thank this. you it's Harry. Thank thank
2: you man you Thank you, Dino awesome. it's it was really awesome talking to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah that's definitely good. and we look that's forward, that's forward to everything you're doing. Yes.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Especially
0: Thank you. Crazy Rich Asians and our Odyssey of the Mind reality competition, <laughs> yes, which, yes. We, which
2: we'll be in touch with. So hit about. me up on that We'll, we'll <laughs> make it happen. We'll make it happen. Okay, okay. All, right. All, right.
1: all right. Bye, Bye Harry. Right. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, uh-huh, in my dentist's
0: office.